0: Hello, welcome to The Curator Podcast, this is episode 33. Hello. Welcome once again, dear listener, to the Curator Podcast. I am your host, Mark Fraser, and this is episode 33. Tonight, I was at a rock show. Yes, I am recording this podcast the day that it's supposed to go out because sometimes I like to live on the edge. Now, you see, it's been a bit of a dry week for content, and towards the end of this week, that is the week beginning the 25th of January. Two interviews came my way, which was awesome, but they both happened to fall on the Thursday and the Friday. So, in this instance, I'm recording this podcast on a Thursday night. To go out on a Thursday night, which, let's be honest, isn't going to happen, so if you're listening to this and it's Friday, I apologise. If you're listening to this any day after Friday, then it doesn't really make much difference to you, so... Yeah, I hope you enjoy what's about to happen. On this episode, I have a lovely chat with Justine from Employed to Serve. Employed to Serve are a really sort of crazy mathcore band. If mathcore is your thing, if you know what that means, then you know that it's fucking crazy, frankly. And, you know, I only heard their album maybe in November 2015, and I fucking, I really, really enjoyed it, I mean, I can't can't lie, it was, I thought it was brilliant, and I think they're a great band, I mean, I love bands that are so, it's, it doesn't really matter to me, like, how good a band are, as long as they're intense, employed to say over a band who are both really technically brilliant, rhythmically complex and amazing, and also super intense, and after seeing them live, they are definitely, definitely a super intense band. I would recommend you going to see them if you ever get the chance. Their new album, Greater Than You Remember, is out now on Holy Roll Records, and it's just it's sublime. What more can I say? If you like Botch, if you like Converge, go see them. Okay, so and now it sounds like I'm trying to sell them to you as if as if I'm some kind of PR guy, but no, that's not the case. I just really like them. I, like They're one of my favourite bands of the latter half of 2015, and yeah... I was so stoked to speak to one of them. I was even more stoked to speak to Justine because she's a singer and as a singer myself, I really like speaking to other singers because I feel as though I'm on the same wavelength, you know. Yeah, I know, it's egotistical, but hey, I can't help who I am, man. I'm going to open this interview now with a track from their debut album, Greyer Than You Remember. And before I did this interview, as as I am wont to do, I do some research on my bands and in a few interviews they have said that Threads is a really good introduction to the band so I totally agree this song is called Threads and I hope you enjoy it Christine, we're here in Weatherspoons, which is a lovely place to do a podcast. How are you doing today?
1: Oh, brilliant! I'm always happy when I'm in the Weatherspoons, so yeah, it's good.
0: Can it, I mean? The may all look the same, but it's cheap pints so you can't really argue with that, can
1: you? Oh, it's great, and you always got like different uh, independent breweries as well. Because I've started getting into beer a bit more because well, you travel, don't you? So you get to like try all the local stuff, so it's nice.
0: Who doesn't love beer, man? I don't think I could live without beer, if I'm honest.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, when I started, I used to be into cider a bit more, just because it was cheap and I was a student. Um, but then you start getting like beers on the rider if you're lucky, so you kind of just change your taste. So that's good.
0: I, I do, I do enjoy the Ryder beers, especially when they're free
1: <laughs> Oh yeah, it doesn't matter if they're warm, it's fine
0: Warm in like Carlsberg or something, it's like i will fucking having that, like whatever
1: <laughs> well, Why would you pay for anything better, like it's free
0: So I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before but the whole general thing of it is it's about creativity, passion and inspiration So let's go back to the start, right, the very beginning when did you first realize that you were a creative person?
1: Um, I don't know. I guess when I was younger, um, I've always been into sort of like sports and things like that. But um, I started drawing from a young age. I liked music. I used to collect like cassettes and then eventually CDs when like they were like the next in thing. Um, and yeah, like photography and just I've just kind of been quite all round. I'm kind of creative, uh, but sort of in the past. Six years or so. Like I've been more into music than anything else, so just kind of going with that at the moment.
0: So, when did the when did the music thing really begin? can you, can you remember like a defining moment that you had, or was
1: um, in like when I first attended gigs, or
0: when you first, when you first realized shit, I want to be a singer on a band?
1: I think um, I'm trying to think back. Like I think my defining moment for that was uh, attending Heavy Fest 2012 uh, because I was sort of like was coming out of my kind of deathcore and sort of death metal phase from, like, 2010, because I used to listen to, like, Despised Icon and all that and attend all those shows. Um, and then I went started getting into post-hardcore, and then I went into uh, Heavy Fest 2012 and saw, like, loads of great bands, like uh, Rose Massey, Veils, uh, Brotherhood of Lake, who are fortunately uh, split up now. They were a great band. Um, and, yeah, like, Converge and all the, you know, the usual suspects and the Chariot. So, Yeah.
0: The Chariot and Converge and Rolo, I guess, they kind of really explain the sound of Employed to Serve, which is uh, one thing I always kind of wonder when I'm talking to bands that play like, quite rhythmically and technically complex music. And I actually asked Ben from Dungeon Escape, Pun on this, it was one of the only questions I had to ask him, it was like, "What made, like, why did you decide to make music that was so... it was like that and not any other kind of music? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um... I've actually often wondered this myself. I think it's mainly because I have quite a short attention span Um, and, like, I love things that kind of grab your attention and, like, throw people off and they're sort of, like, trying to nod in a 4-4 formation and all of a sudden it just, like, completely goes, like, you know, out of into nothing. Um, But, yeah, I just think it's just interesting and, like, it engages people a bit more, um, I feel.
0: It's also really hard to listen to if you're not really into it though Which is kind of why I wonder Like, It's, it's also a really it's, Even as someone that, that has written songs um, I find it quite hard to write like that uh, That's kind of why I was wondering Because it's like, well It takes a certain kind of inspiration To have to want to make music Which is, I'm not going to say unlistenable Because obviously I love it But it's challenging, do you know what I mean?
1: yeah definitely I kind of like that it's not accessible though because there's a bit of a snob in me I think I kind of like that it's a bit niche and a bit weird um, because I'm wacky no I'm not Um, but yeah I don't know I just think it's just something different and like because it's so niche when someone really likes it it kind of means more to you because it's like oh this is really difficult to listen to thank you so much for like you know learning lyrics and learning the weird changes and the you know songs and things like that so yeah I kind of like it for that aspect
0: Do you ever ever find yourself gravitating towards Melody when you're writing songs?
1: Um, Since, like, we've been progressing as a band, we sort of, like, you can't do kind of wacky stuff all the time. You have to sort of, like, you know, find other avenues to explore. Um, But at the moment, we're sort of, like, trying to kind of evolve and do a few more, like, melodic bits, sort of, like, Bones to Break um, and Cold as the Rest on the album. They're sort of, like, more hinting towards what we're sort of gunning for for the next release
0: So I mean that was one of the things I was going to ask you is like the progression of your work is you know it's quite clear to see even even though it's your debut album like the past few EPs have been like gradually getting towards this I guess tidal wave of like just fucking riffs <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh thanks man yeah literally um, it's just what we're listening to at the time I mean, there's a few, like, kind of core bands that are, like, at the sort of centre of our attention, like, collectively as a band, uh, like, Deftones, um, Gojura, and sort of things like that, so um, at the moment we're kind of, like, listening to more heavier sort of things, and, like, but clever heavy, if you know what I mean, like, not simple, so we're sort of, like, um, trying to push ourselves to, like, be creative um, without kind of relying on changing your time signatures, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it totally does make sense. And it's it's interesting as well that you mentioned Deftones because like for me I was I was there when Deftones were new, were basically part of the whole new metal thing. And to me they've always kinda of felt like that, even though they're not, because they are like you said, like, like as you like their music, they sort of like they are kinda of more intelligent about it. Um and it just strikes me as really odd as well that like the kind of music you guys play has become more popular like of late. Not more not popular, popular but it's not like when Botch were doing it nobody was listening to it and the, yeah. you know now everybody like not everybody likes but a lot of people like Dillinger and Convert and stuff like that which is awesome um, but like I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say I just, it just blows my mind that people cited Deftones has been a influence like that when to me they still are this weird new metal band
1: <laughs> yeah I think like Deftones have like I think they're I would say they are my favourite band for the fact that they were just so great at evolving and just, like, captivating their fans, like, throughout their releases. Um, and, like, I really admire them for that. I think with, like, bands like Botch, like, I love that band, like Daughters, um, like, are another favourite. I think, like, as a band, I don't think they fa- uh, wanted to sort of... Either, like, it might have been personal situations because, yeah, you know, it's, it's expensive um, to be in a band. Um, but I think, like... If they didn't want to sort of evolve and things, they're probably like, well, we've done two awesome or three awesome records, and what was it, three? Yeah, Daughters is about three debut albums, I think. Might be wrong, sorry. Um, but after that, you're kind of like, well, I don't want to go more melodic, and I don't want to change my sound, and I've kind of written everything I wanted to, so I guess they must just, you know, call it a day, which is fair enough, rather than like dissipating into something you don't want to be. So
0: Does that worry you that, that might, like you might get to the stage where like you've kind of expended all the extreme because your music quite extreme <laughs> the extreme avenue that you've got and like that push towards melody might not necessarily be something that you guys want to do
1: um I think with us I kind of feel like I'm trying to think we as a band like at the moment we sort of like want to use Row to Massey as a, sort of our kind of role models and that because they have constantly sort of evolved over like I think they've been a band for like ten years now um I <laughs> It feels really weird that I'm big in so, amongst my friends, sort of thing. Yeah, you know, kiss ass. Um, but yeah, like, because what I'm trying, trying to say is like basically we kind of want to a- go for the long haul, basically. And because we love like writing together, I think that's going to be, well, hopefully going to be the case for us. And because we're not like narrow minded in what we like, uh, like if anything is good, then we'll, you know, go for it. Obviously, we're not going to turn into like a pop band or something like that. But there are so many different avenues we can explore in heavy music, um, and I feel like we're going to try and utilise that.
0: So when it comes to that, that sort of natural creative progression, um, obviously you're never you, obviously when you're inside the process you don't see it happening, but obviously it, it does happen, and obviously greater than you remember. is like, like I said, a huge step forward. Um, but I just it makes me kind of I don't know. Like obviously you're very proud of the record and it's had a really really good reception. Um, has that has that been good to to like see people react to it way they have
1: Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's been incredible because um, we uh, like yeah we're just quite surprised but how well it's been received. I mean we had a great time making it and like you know we're still fond of the songs um, which is just as well because we play them a lot Um, (laughs) but yeah it's just been really nice because there's been people like you know knowing the lyrics um, and like you know saying oh I've picked up your record it's just a really nice feeling because we have put like a lot of time and effort into it and it's just so rewarding when people sort of like you know make the effort come see you and like try and decipher what I'm shouting so that's quite nice
0: (laughs) I guess you're at that stage now where you have the fan base coming in which is awesome um do you remember when I first when you first noticed that happening, or was it just was it just kind of like oh suddenly there's more people here than there ever was before? Like when did that happen, or did you ever realise shit people actually care about our music?
1: Um, I think it sort of came in drips and drabs. Like there was a couple of people who got our logo tattooed like a year and a half ago, and I was like that, that's mental. Like what if we're like some of them haven't seen us live as well, and I was like what if we're terrible live? You don't know, but um, yeah, so that was like incredible and mind-blowing um, but I think like um, in regards to sort of like turnouts and things like that I'd say like our album release tour uh, was quite a, like a massive oh wow like you know people really care because I think it's um, the build-up towards like releasing the album and things like that people were actually kind of excited about it well felt like it anyway um, and yes, yeah, so our album release tour really with um, maths I think it was like last May about when the album came out uh, but yeah we were just like really tough with the turnouts and people just seemed to be really into it so it was nice
0: as that kind of as the Steli music you guys play comes more into focus do you think there's a particular reason for that you know the way that it's evolved from nobody liking bots to people loving people that don't just get a plan to converge and all that do you, do you get any thoughts on why that might have happened
1: sorry I couldn't quite get that
0: uh, the way that like the way that the kind of music you play has kind of come more into focus now so there's like more bands that do it when I never used to be, and it's a lot more, I guess, acceptable by magazines and stuff like that. Have you got any thoughts on why that may have been, or do you ever really think about that? I
1: don't. I, I don't think there's any set formula for things that are popular. Like, it just, there's no reason, like, why things come back in fashion. I think it's just, it's almost like there's that one person in the hardcore scene or like whatever scene is like oh i've just discovered this old band this old metalcore band from like o2 you must listen to it and then like it gets people excited and they're like oh shit there's more music like this and then yeah it's just like almost like a knock-on effect and it just can happen with anything like i remember like you know deathcore was like a massive thing like especially when i was a teenager um, and, like, you know, that came... Well, I don't know how, where it came from, but it just it's just, like, a constant thing. It's of like fashion. Like, you know, 80s is back in at the moment. It's just, like... Yeah, it just keeps, like, recycling, really.
0: You guys have toured with some awesome bands. i played with some awesome bands. Um, Rolo, Feeling for a Friend, stuff like that, which is, you know... I remember Feeling for a Friend from when I was growing up, back 2002, like, 13, uh, 2003, stuff like that. It's fucking crazy. They think that they're both... They're about to break up, which sucks. But um, I'm kind of wondering, like when was those opportunities started coming towards you like what was that like
1: uh, very overwhelming especially with the funeral for a friend one um, because I listened to them like I'm sure it is the same for like a lot of people but those first two albums uh, were just sort of like you know my soundtrack for secondary school um, so to be side stage on the first day of the tour I was just like this isn't happening this is really weird um, I mean yeah and they're all really nice guys and it was just a very surreal experience but a very enjoyable one of course um, but yeah, it was weird. But like, it's a really nice thing to look back on as well because you can't quite believe it's actually happening, like, whilst you know going through it. So yeah, it's nice. It's a really good feeling.
0: I'm wondering, um, how do you like? Obviously, you've done a lot of touring last year. How did you? How do you balance like working, work life and band life? Is that is that becoming a real concern now that you've been doing more stuff?
1: Um, I think all five of us want to do this band, and we um, make sure our jobs fit around us as opposed to the other way around because obviously like we're quite like lucky in the fact that um when we started the band we were either in uni or fresh out of uni so we were very used to being poor (laughs) quite frankly um and uh and yeah so we just basically chose jobs that like accommodated us um i mean at the moment like i'm very jammy because i work for our record label so it's in the the best interest for us to tour because we sell more records so yeah
0: that's quite a quite a lucky gig to get. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: just one of those complete accident things. Um, I did a degree in animation, never used it, spent a lot of money on it, um, and then I started interning for Holy Raw, and then yeah, now I'm full time basically. Over like it, yeah, progressed over I think two years, and yeah, started full time in January this year.
0: You said you spent a lot of money on the degree. Yeah, just for a second there, I was like. All sp- oh right, shit! Yeah, you guys have to pay for your degrees We don't We don't have to do that in Scotland It was just so confusing for a second
1: I know, England has got that so wrong hasn't it I, uh, My mum was joking around saying we should uh, relocate to Scotland for a bit Just so we can get a free education
0: <laughs> I used to work for a student loan company um, So yeah, I, I know all about that <laughs> If you want to know more I can tell you later on <laughs> Also they also showed us a big red delete button for the, for the debt <laughs> Yeah, That didn't really happen Um one of the things that I, I've... I've not really spoken to many girls in this podcast because so it's been quite difficult to get women to come on it for some reason. Um, and it makes you wonder, um, as that was as I was trying to get women to come on it, um, there's quite a lot of misogyny in the music industry. Um, have you seen that um, so far, like, from, like, obviously being in a band?
1: Um, I know it definitely happens, and I know quite a few girls and bands it does happen to. I mean, I've experienced it, like, a bit. Um, however, I kind of feel like I'm almost... Oblivious to it, like I just don't think about it anymore. I don't know if it's because like I'm used to sort of like being in sort of male dominated situations that I kind of just like you know have blinders on almost. Um, but <laughs> there are times like where I'm not allowed in the venue by security because I haven't got my backstage pass and they're like, You're not in the band and things like that. So I have to call the promoter going, Can I have my stage pass? and then they'll give me like the stage passes for the whole band. I'll be like, I've got six now, can you let me in? um and things like that that's kind of i just kind of laugh at that though because i'm just like well hopefully you know one point you know a few years people will stop um kind of what's the word sort of you know prejudging whether you're in a band or not it's quite hard though because you know everyone looks the same in bands we all have like our black t-shirts and things like that and i guess you get a lot of tag alongs who do try and sneak backstage like sold um out shows and and things like that um but yeah, I think the best thing is just to sort of keep just just doing it, and then eventually, like, it will be accepted. Hopefully,
0: do you think? Do you think there's um, a bit of a barrier to like women getting involved in the kind of heavy music that I guess is predominantly, I guess, male-dominated?
1: Um, I, I guess so. Like for. I think if you really want to do something, though, you'll just do it. Like, I mean, and I don't want to be patronising. Go, yeah, girls, you know, start a hardcore band because that's lame, You shouldn't have to have someone say that to you. Go, like, oh, you're a girl. You can you can do what you want, dear. It just seems like you know unnecessary. It's just like, well, if you you know, as they say, if there's a will, there's a way. Um, and if you don't want to be in a band, fair enough. If you want to do other things, like you know, be a tattoo artist and that, but you know, just do what you want. Um, yeah, just do that.
0: That seems like a, a pretty good note to end on <laughs> um, just, just do what you want, why not Is <laughs> there um, so anything else you want to add Or anything you want to ask me before I finish up
1: hmm. Who are you next interviewing?
0: I'm interviewing the singer From Citizen tomorrow night um, I was just amazed that today Actually so that'll be interesting um, Yeah Anything else?
1: <laughs> um, I'm trying to think What was your favourite record of last year?
0: Oh man did you really just ask me that question? Fuck um, I really like Red City Radio's self-titled album because I'm a punk kid at heart, and I always, always have been. Um, Wonder Years, obviously. Are, Wonder Years are a weird band for me because they're kind of the same age as me, and I feel as though I've kind of grown with them, which is bizarre at this age. Now that I'm thirty, it's kind of weird to <laughs> think like, that still happens in your mid to late twenties. Um, of course, um uh, the Jules too, as well. Like, yeah, what about you?
1: Um, I really liked the Caspian record um, Dustin Disquiet I thought that was really really good and um, what else did I like I liked King Woman Doubt that EP was really good and and obviously like Kendrick Lamar's Pimper Butterfly but that's everyone's favourite album but I'll throw that in there because it is really good
0: I've not heard that, everyone keeps talking about it and I just like, I don't know, there's a part of me that goes if it's not if he's not going to sound like Prince, and I really don't want to listen to it, I fucking love Prince.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of difficult because I don't have um, much context in that kind of music, so I have no idea if it's good in that sort of you know realm of music. So my head is so like into metal uh, and things like that. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a really good record, and it's just like quite well thought out. I feel um, so it's definitely worth a listen. And like you can't listen to heavy music all the time, you Just kind of be you know get bored of it really.
0: That album was missing quite a lot in the same sort of breath as um, D'Angelo's Black Messiah. I don't know if you've heard that. It's um, D'Angelo's like he was an R&B artist in the nineties and two thousands. Only released two albums and took fifteen years to do his third record. And it's like it's weird sort of funky R&B odyssey, and it's fucking outstanding. I Have
1: to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Like I need to sort of like you know have uh, more time to sort of explore different music. I feel because uh, I've been doing the whole you know, listening to metal all the time. Um, i obviously always listen to metal. But, yeah, I think it's important to have, like, different, you know, music tastes.
0: You do get fatigue after a while, don't you? You listen to the same kind of music. Like, I've always been a punk head, and that's kind of, like, where I gravitate towards, like, bands like yourselves, you know what I mean? Because it's like, I love those four chords, man, and those <laughs> melodies, but sometimes I just I just want punched in the face.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's important um, for genres to progress as well, Um like for like the musicians of like say metal to like listen to different things. Like with certain um like drummers in metal you can tell they might, you know, be more inclined to sort of jazz drumming and things like that with like time signatures and that. So I just think it's just good to be all rounded really.
0: Actually that makes me think, yeah, you know the Mars drop the final Mars Volta drummer, Dave Elrich he was he joined that metal band, the Max Cavalera, and, and yeah like that record was Keller be Killed record was fucking amazing last year
1: oh yeah I literally I haven't listened to it there's so many things that um, people are like oh have you listened to this and like unfortunately like I, um, <laughs> I mainly listen to what is on Pitchfork for like sort of more of the mainstream kind of cool stuff and then um, what is it Heavy Bloggers Heavy so I just kind of go through those at the moment. I'm trying to find like different um, sort of like zines to go through on my lunch breaks to find mu- more music. But oh, that's my uh, must-listen-to playlist on Spotify.
0: That's excellent. Well, Justine, thank you very much for talking to me. I appreciate it. Um, it's been a total pleasure.
1: Oh, likewise, man. Thank you for having me.
0: Selling a little
1: or a lot. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.
0: So there you go. It's a really, I thought it was a really good interview. As I've said before in this podcast, and I guess one of the general sort of themes or one of the kind of things that I tend to go for is that in the end, it's just about listening to people talk about the things that they are passionate about people get really effusive and really animated and and, you know really compelling when they talk about things that they love doing and when you talk to musicians then obviously one of the things they love doing is making music and displaying that to the world and Justine just like everyone else I've spoken to in this podcast thankfully so far anyway has just been a really engaging guest so yeah it's been awesome hope you enjoyed it now now I'm going to tell you a story. As I left the venue... um, And I walked to get my train home... And the... Horrible, horrible weather. I walked past five guys... Who were all... Slowly... Eating... A McFlurry. McDonald's McFlurry. And... They were all really happy. Now me being the morose... 30 year old man... That I am... Thought... Man... I wish, I wish something could make me as happy as those guys are right now eating that McDonald's McFlurry. I mean, as a, I'm speaking as a guy who hasn't been to McDonald's in probably a good 10, 12, 15 maybe even years. And you know what? I don't ever remember a McDonald's McFlurry making me that happy. And I really need to stop saying McDonald's. But it just occurred to me, as like, yeah, like... Sometimes it's just a little things that make you make you smile, that make you glad to be alive, that make you feel real human emotions for shit. And let's be honest, we could all stand to feel real human emotions sometimes. And that's why I do this podcast. It's why I go to shows. It's why I make music. It's why I write. It's why I do all the creative things. And it's why I love talking to creative people because it makes me feel alive. It makes me feel happy that other people are experiencing the same things I am because. When we get right down to it, when we get right down to the brass tacks of life, when we get right down at the centre of it, the only thing we are assured of is our own consciousness. Beyond that, there is nothing else that we are entirely aware of, that we can be sure exists. But listening to music, reading a novel, watching a film, all of these things, they, con- they concatenate into learning about and experiencing someone else's conscious thoughts. That's why music is so powerful, that's why art is so powerful, and that's why I do this podcast, to talk to other creative people who have this impulse, this feeling within themselves that they have to share. It can be about whatever they want it to be about, it doesn't matter. But the fact is, they're feeling something so powerfully, they've got to share a very small part of their consciousness with the world. And that is what this podcast does. I hope you agree with me. You might not agree with me, but that's the way I look at it and I hope that you look at it the same way as well. Going to play you out now with a song, another song from the debut album, obviously, because it's great. And this song is called Bones to Break. Thank you for listening. Until next time, bye-bye.